0: This episode of Partial Credit is brought to you by Anchor. Uh, If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. Uh, There's tools that help you record and edit your podcast. Uh, You can do it on your phone or your computer. Uh, They'll distribute your podcast for free. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places you get podcasts. I'm going to say podcast one more time. You can make money from your podcast. No minimum listenership. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, And all you have to do is uh, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On with the show.
1: Hello. Welcome to Partial Credits bonus episode. Well, this week... Uh, Some of our more avid followers will notice that we did not do a mini-sode. It was a holiday weekend, and, you know, Lucas and I just wanted to enjoy the weekend. We are humans, despite someone wanting us to use a robot voice instead for our intros and our outros. You know who you are. Um, So on this week's bonus episode, we talked to Gary Teneyke, my father uh we talked to him about you know the work he does and i think it's just a really informative fun episode and i think it's a real insight into kind of where i get my enthusiasm from uh, as well as the home ec episode um i really enjoy this episode mostly because i work with my dad on many projects And continue to work with him on projects. Um, Let us know what you think. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. As well as emailing us. You know, we do get a lot of emails. But it's not from you guys. And it's really sad. Uh, When we get an email from you, we usually share it. And uh, it kind of makes our day. So email us at partial.credit.pod at gmail.com. And enjoy the episode.
0: Welcome to Partial Credit Bonus Episode. Let's Meet Gary. Today we are joined by always Lily. Hi, Lily. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. And special guest, Gary, uh, father of Lily, the man responsible for so much of this problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Gary. <laughs>
2: It's a good problem, though. It's a good problem. I'm happy to have Lily around. She is like the most wonderful. Her and her other sister are the most wonderful daughters in the whole wide world ever. They are are good. All this family togetherness is so odd for me. Exactly. Now, I have a question to ask you guys. So, Um, my name comes up because of
0: what reason? So, very early on... um,
1: we were Lily cursing. Oh, I do remember, to, okay.
0: Yeah, you, Lily told me that you would, you had said that we swear too much,
1: yes, and now every ready.
0: time I cuss, <laughs> I immediately say sorry, Gary.
2: Well, uh, here's the, here's the story behind that. Since I am a professor at NYU, we can't cuss or shouldn't cuss in lecture, and what this has done for me then is, see, I, I descend from a family of sailors where cussing is commonplace. All right. So for me, I had to relearn my humor and I had to relearn how to say and talk to people without using swear words. I'm better at it than I used to be, although my wife will remind me that I could always be better. But the when I did this, uh, the evolution of all of this then is that it does sometimes if you're too, if you f bomb if you will too much. It does take away from the dialogue and the um, um,
0: respect of the show. Yeah.
2: So that's My that's why I did swearing that. has always because been because you guys do a great job. I love I love your podcast. <laughs> Keep it up. I hope you don't stop. <laughs> um, I really do like it keep going. These are really, really good. And We're I finally to- finding our footing. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. And I listen to podcasts podcast and have listened to podcasts for a long time and, and largely attributed to my dear daughter, Lily there. So keep it up. Keep going.
0: Well, thanks, Gary. Yeah. yeah, I see. So I grew up with stand-up comedy in every like part of my life, and then to get to watch George Carlin so beautifully swear and cuss, it's it's aspirational to me to be able to <laughs> to swear with the effect, effectiveness of Louis Black or George Carlin or you know any of these any of the greats. Who Richard are, Pryor did
2: a pretty oh, good Richard job Pryor.
0: Of that, Yeah. Well, but good then luck you've got with the, that. The beauty yeah. of yeah. The, yeah the beauty of Steve Martin, uh, who ke- keeps it clean, or Jim Gaffigan, who keeps yeah. it clean too, yeah. is, is remarkable. But, but you know, George Carlin was always my hero. Oh. Uh, yes. And it, uh,
1: it's very interesting that you have a comedic background. I have the mean streets of New York City as my <laughs> background, and and that's I think that's that's really where like cursing came into play in my life it was it was just everywhere it was and and even in in Hawaii like they they say it like it's going out of style like right. yeah. they they pretty much they say it as an endearment so it's it's very interesting to see both perspectives of the mean streets of New York where it's like i am cursing at you cuz i'm mad at you and Hawaii where it's like oh hey like uh, like yep. very joke and very very loving and and not necessarily like a, a mean mean thing and then there's the comedic cursing um yeah. but
0: where it's punctuation where, where, yes, it's, where it's,
1: it, it's it's an emphasis
0: yeah it's direction of of the story uh, is, is used by it. it's anyway, I've always thought it was really cool. Megan makes fun of the way I swear on the show. She says, I sound like a little kid trying to get away with it. And <laughs> so Megan's my wife, by the way. Um, so, well, but George yeah, that's
2: Carlin did have a, a knack with it. He could, he had a knack with everything. His delivery style was amazing. Um, Richard Pryor a different delivery style, but could get away with it as well. Um, yeah. His was more natural. To Yes, I remember listening to those two in uh, college, and I would laugh until I, you know, peed my pants. It was, just, <laughs> it was just so funny. It was really good. And the delivery is good. I can't do that. I sound like an old sailor, and that's just because <laughs> my genes. I am an old sailor. So my grandfather, great grandfather, great great so on and so forth. So anyway, so so um, anyway, thank you for inviting me to your show. This is really. Yeah. Really-
1: um, we just yeah. wanna wanted to ask you, you know, what you do, and um, you know, have you on just to explain why we were <laughs> saying sorry, Gary. I um, see. So, um, uh, what do you do? What is your uh, what is yeah, your life? You're a
0: professor at what NYU.
1: I am.
2: Um, this is an interesting question because I get this from, and I've gotten this all my life. Is what do you do? If you were a meat cutter, you could say, I cut meat. If you're a plumber, you could say you're a plumber. And then if you say you're a professor now, and they say, "What? Well, what do you profess? Profess, And I always jokingly, bad jokes, that I profess nothing, but I do work with, or I'm, I'm a neuroscientist. So the answer to your question is, I'm a neuroscientist, and that's a very general term. Um, and i work with other neuroscientists and what's interesting is is that we all come from different backgrounds and so my background is more neurobiology and if you dissect it even further it is um, biology because when i was a kid one of the things that i loved to do was to be outside and um and we had at the time i was raised by my parents who were farmers at that time. And so when I wasn't working on the farm, I would be out grabbing snakes and chasing frogs and that sort of thing. And <laughs> and, and I've always, my first love was snakes and I started keeping snakes when I was eight years old. And I have up until uh, fairly recently and my master's thesis was on snakes and my honors thesis for undergraduate work was frogs. So it's always been a biology with an emphasis of herpetology. And that sort of evolved into, okay, what can I do with this biology? Because the classic case is the unemployed biologist with a degree from whatever college working at wherever and not doing what he or she was wanted to do. So that was actually a, a motivational and an emphasis and, and a, a concern, if you will. Well, okay, so if I major in biology, I want to do something where I'm doing something biology related. And so that's how the neurobiology sort of happened is like, okay, so I like this biology. How can I specialize into something that will yield a job? And neuroscientists, I was kind of led into the neuroscientists'
0: uh, Neuro- now, do you want
1: to do you want to explain to people what neuroscience is just in case they don't know or It it's is not what frogs
0: think, right? Yeah, that's, it is well, <laughs> that's what I
2: want it to be. <laughs> actually that it is what frogs how they behave, but a neuroscientist actually is going to be a scientist that works on the nervous system and the nervous system is Divided into two big main parts. One is going to be the brain and spinal cord and the other is going to be the peripheral, everything else, your arms, your legs and your digestive system and all of that. And so a neuroscientist basically then is a scientist that Does wants to find out how does the nervous system work and um, That is a huge thing. So, okay, so you're a neuroscientist now you gotta subdivide because you can't just be a neuroscientist because you can't understand everything in the brain. So you may work on a particular brain function or dysfunction. And in my area so that we don't kind of, so we don't get beating, you know, getting to the point here is I work with how the brain decides and uh, interprets and integrates two pretty extreme behaviors one is aggression which we all know about and the other is parental care which is another form of of aggression but it's more of a defensive aggression as opposed to aggression. aggression may we think of it as offensive aggression and so that's sort of my understanding now i have colleagues that work with um, schizophrenics, I have colleagues that work with, um, oh, anxiety.
0: So is there um, really that much of, a, in, in like amphibians, is there that much of a parental instinct?
1: Uh,
0: and maybe it's just not as easily observable to, to like a layperson like myself, but you know, obviously you say aggression. So I'm like, ah, poison dart frog. Obviously it's, it's, you know, using aggression, for a specific person purpose, but I've never sort of observed. And I was one of those run around catching frogs kids too. I've never observed a sort of paternal behavior. Am I oversimplifying it? No, you're not.
2: You're right on. You're spot on. In fact, most amphibians do not exhibit any parental care whatsoever. They lay their eggs and they're off and gone. Um, But within families of amphibians, if you will, there's, lineages and there's lines and there's uh, species then that actually show some um, amazing and remarkable forms of parental care. You mentioned about poison uh, arrow frogs or poison dart frogs, the D is full of parental care and okay. there's individuals working on how that operates in the brain, how it evolved. And there's uh, frogs that show paternal care, where the father takes care of the young, there's frogs that maternal care, where the mother takes care of the young. They are frogs and amphibians that both take care and they alternate. These are all seen in the dendrobatidae. I work mostly with another group of frogs. It was the coqui frogs, and they're luthrodactylenes. And I'm also interested in some other so frogs. So they're
0: religious? What's that? <laughs> so they're
2: religious? They are, they are religious. They're religiously... Uh, What's interesting is that they are so good parents. Let's talk they're, about my frogs yeah. so that we focus. On. And it's the Lutherodac- Luther, or Lutherodaculus coqui. It's the coqui frog that's originally from Puerto Rico. It's kind of their national symbol. If you go to Puerto Rico, you'll see- They're
1: everywhere. They're they're like, you can get cokey earrings. You can get little stuffed plushies. Like they're they're everywhere. They
2: are their claim to fame. And they're such a cool frog because they are both very aggressive. The males can be very aggressive. And the males then also show paternal care so that they take care of their young. And in a frog's life, 21 days or so is a long time and they will spend and guard those developing froglets adamantly and for the most part they do call for other females so there's multiple clutches going on there so they have their fun but for the most part they're staying right near those clutches and guarding those clutches so what i thought was so interesting is here's these frogs that are calling right you know about calling frogs and and and, and males are the ones that are, are calling generally. And so the, these calling frogs then in my case, set up territories and they will guard these territories. And if there's other males that try to calm that territory, they get in this huge fight, okay? And they get into wrestling matches. So that's a form of what would be called territorial aggression, basically a form of offensive aggression but then, when a female becomes or comes into their territory, touches the male, and that's a different, and the male will touch the female, and the behaviors that are elicited tell the male that this is not another male, this is a female. And the frog, within a matter of an hour or two, goes from a very aggressive, offensive, territorial frog to one that is concerned with mating, and then one that's concerned with paternal care. Um, So I thought that for an amphibian to do that, I thought that was just amazing.
0: it's a process like that. It is a process. It takes an hour to make a decision.
1: Yeah.
2: It's a (laughs) neurochemical process. Um, It's actually less than that to make that decision. That decision happens almost immediately. Okay. um, Within a few minutes anyway. And so I'm going to a, put it into practice is yeah, the is the to is the
1: time
2: put it now. into like a... Yes, to, to actually execution. go through the, the motion and, and whatnot. And it's been published. And so what they... I just find that very fascinating. So my research then is more of a behavioral neurochemical. And I work with drugs that are used to show the importance then of some of these behaviors so here's another term it's called ethopharmacology and this is where you take ethology the natural behaviors that occur in an animal and you use a drug then to determine the cause of that particular behavior and there's the proximal cause like what's happening right now what's going on neurochemically in the brain and then there's the ultimate factors and the ultimate reasons like okay why did this particular behavior evolve and why is it so successful or not, or be de- to be determined successful or not? So I look at that. So that's kind of my very specialized area of neuroscience. Yeah, that is. Um, it is.
1: It's very specialized and, and super focused. <laughs> yes, yeah.
2: it is. It has to be focused to get money <laughs> 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 and it comes back to capitalism and again. we're
1: back to capitalism
2: and uh, we're back to capitalism so that when i go on these um field uh, expeditions i have to have a um purpose if you will and the um the methods and the goals have to be very clear and concise uh so that you can and that's good because you you develop and formulate hypotheses, you go into these field areas, you test these different hypotheses, you get your results, you publish your results, so on and so forth. So yeah, it is sort of focused and specialized, but most scientists are like that. It's called reductionism. But I think for, for me, it's really, really important to remember the big picture. So even though you just heard this specialized Methodology that I use, I do take it back to this level of the species and the organism, and to find out, okay, how is this important? Why did this evolve? And um, you know, questions of those natures. So, you you know, how to it end? Of the What's
0: that? Are you establishing timelines on this evolution, or, or anything like that in your work, or is that?
2: that- um, well, why did why did parental care evolve and paternal care evolve in an amphibian? And let me give you a little more background on the amphibian that I work with. It's even more interesting in the fact that these frogs will lay their eggs. First, it's internal fertilization, um, like us. And they will lay their eggs. Mom hops away, in my case, or the frog that I'm working with. And the dad then will sit on top of these eggs and actually guard and brood these eggs, keep them moist, probably there's some sort of antifungal properties on their skin as they're laying on top of these, these eggs. And um, like, like us,
1: yeah, like us, there you go. <laughs> well,
2: and I mean, it's,
1: it's similar to, to like breast milk, it, it's right. a, yeah. So
2: Antibiotic. that, so that yeah. the, the eggs then develop into tiny froglets and not a tadpole.
1: They are so cute. I am oh, just going to cool. tell you they now. They're, they're right like over... these, yeah, they don't go into a tadpole state. Okay.
2: Yeah, so what they do from a developmental standpoint is that mo- a lot of the characteristics of a tadpole stage are gone and deleted. Some are there, but they just, because they, they get a fleshy tail like you see in a tadpole, but, the, but it's smaller and it's much less uh, robust than what you see in the, a bullfrog tadpole, if okay. you will. Know. And so they have skipped some of these uh, larval traits. They've developed some new derived features to make them able to do this direct development. So it's quite interesting. So, there, that's on top of this frog, then, dad, sitting on top of these eggs, guarding these eggs. And so it's coupled probably and this is where this is the answer your to, to your question then sorry long-winded answer is that I, probably the the apple the direct development and this it. um parental care evolved together okay because they have these clutch of eggs which are full of protein and fats which all animals would enjoy having
1: and they do the and fathers do. also enjoy having the egg clutch and,
2: and um, So they they need to guard them. Uh, They were more successful if they were guarded than if they were not. So individuals that guarded their eggs were more successful. They had more offspring. And so that particular trait or those traits then were passed on to the next generation. So it's a a really cool biological system. And it's not the only one in the world. There's some frogs that I'm interested in, uh, New Guinea, Papua New Guinea, that show very similar types of overall expression patterns and I want to find out whether or not the neurochemistry, what I found out with in this particular frog family that I work with in Puerto Rico, if it's evolved differently or if it's evolved convergently, you know, together. Um so there's all sorts of cool questions, comparative biology questions. And that is again uh, back to your answer or your question. And that is the bigger picture, like Okay, what's the deal with these? How did all of this evolve? You heard the reductionism of me focusing on neurochemistry. You have to focus on something, and I typically work that's my background. I do neurochemistry so that's what I focus on, but I always bring it back to the species level What's going on? Uh, you know how did this thing evolve? Uh, you know is this evolved the same way as those frogs in Papua New Guinea or the frogs in australia or the south african uh groups so there's a there's a number of different lineages of frogs that have evolved direct development and parental care and so i'm finding out how did this all happen because you you uh, you asked the greatest question is hey i thought frogs were just like frogs they lay their eggs and dump them in the (laughs) pond and then they're off that's (laughs) what i learned in second grade and for the most part you you are correct, but there are um, other lineages of frogs that do it quite a bit different, and so that is that 's the biological problem like hey, are these the norm, or is this the different you know because we take care of our i take care of my two daughters right <laughs> so I, I show you know parental care paternal care um, and here 's a simple amphibian, if you will, doing a uh, doing at least looking at the early development, guarding and and taking care of them early on in, in development and protecting them
0: so, well and that's a lot of that's a lot of what you know uh, our show is about is is that sort of reduction that. Is like that very this yeah. is all there is to this and it's that frogs lay eggs and run away when and when there there's there's so much more and uh so many more interesting layers to something it's always it's it's our, it's my favorite part yeah. of our show
1: yeah, and I and I def- definitely think you you touched on on the point of of what we're doing and and what other people should do is not just look at the big picture, look at each individual element and and look at what why this happens, like why, like dig deeper. Don't just you know have a broad view of something. Like actually look into it. Don't just like be like oh this is the way it is. Like, this is, this is the, what we know. This is, don't, it's, it's Get very- below the surface. Yeah, just dive. <laughs>
2: you're, exa- you're exactly right. I love your show, Partial Credit, because it's stuff- That's you the name learn of it? And, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, I think, so. I hope so. I hope I'm right. Um, and um, it, it's stuff that anyone can learn and learning is a life, I'm a professor, so here I go. Um, learning is a lifetime event. And whether you are a high school graduate or a PhD or an MD or LD, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter, it really doesn't matter as long as you keep pushing the envelope in your, in your learning because this is your life and this is the one time. Hey, I want to make a plug here. I got to give a plug to my daughter, Lily tonight, who's the, oops, I said the last yeah. name, is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I, did, I didn't know the rules here. Sorry. You're,
1: no, you're fine.
2: Um, who has done field work with me extensively, both field work and laboratory work. And yes. she's a co-author on two, two um, papers that have come out of my lab. And the last paper that came out of my lab, um, it's serotonin and vasotocin function and territoriality, has really got a good response. And yeah, uh, she was instrumental in that. And she did a, a lot, a lot of work. And Lily, what I like about her quality is, is that she's, and, and she does this on <laughs> personal credit too, is that, She's intense. She can do it. Technically, she's great. And uh, she's a self learner and she can go and do something and not have to be mothered because I've had students where you're just You have to hold their
1: hand. Yeah, Yeah.
2: where Lily, I can say, please go do this. And this is now keep in mind, this is in the middle of the rainforest. She's working all alone at night in a dark Rainforest. Is
0: right? this where you developed your karate chop
1: skills? Yes. There you go. <laughs> Actually, I learned it from crabs. Oh, <laughs> there are a lot of little crabs around and they go like this. So, you know, I was like, ah, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, no. So yeah. Lily and
2: I are not done. We have other projects yes. that I'd like to there, do.
1: There, there are projects in, in the works. And uh, so really if, cool. if you want to, if you want to read the, the uh, articles, where can you find those dad?
0: Yeah, we can link them below. Um,
2: okay, I'll, I'll send you the links there uh, yeah. a little bit later on, um, or when I'm done here, is the PDFs and whatnot. So yeah. I Yeah, i can love to put that stuff out there. Okay. Frog stuff. Frog stuff.
1: Frog stuff. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's interesting biology stuff. And, it really um, is.
1: It's, it's um, fascinating. It, it's interesting.
2: <laughs> I work in a medical school, and... Um, my colleagues really do more neuroscience, what you think of neuroscience, you know, with Alzheimer's problems or development of, and then I'm a pharmacist as well. And, and so a lot of my colleagues will develop drugs and, and vaccines and whatnot. And I kind of flip everything. One, I'm comparative. So I'm working with non-humans. And the big question is, can you relate this to humans? And the quick answer is that at a certain level, we all operate neurochemically. So it's not without saying that in the, you, you can't make a direct comparison from a frog to a human; that would be ridiculous, or even a mouse or a rat to a human. But at a certain level,
1: we do. We do. Yeah, <laughs>
2: the neurochemistry operates uh, on levels that are very similar to uh, different higher level or medium or lower level. I don't like to use word lower vertebrates, but um, at a different lineage, if you will. Um, so that's kind of uh, uh, something to keep in mind as well. And so my colleagues then are just doing different in working with different questions and, and whatnot.
0: Very cool. Yeah,
1: I, I, it's very fascinating. And we'll definitely link those um, articles down below. We are coming to the end of our beautiful discussion.
0: Yeah, they're, they're super fun. Frog bonus. I know.
1: I, I think bonus. Um,
0: the jokes. Thank you. Don't always land. Thank
1: you for oh, a frog bonus. I got. Yep.
0: Yeah. There you
2: go. Well, it's, we, we we were we were doing a lot of serious stuff. So we've we
1: yeah. To I some. mean that that's kind of uh, our podcast is it gets really serious and then we're like ha ha that was. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Then Lucas says something silly.
1: Well, yeah. Lucas, or,
2: and Lily, Lucas and Lily. <laughs> Um, keep this podcast going
1: oh um, we're, the, we're we're I've we're talking. we started going.
0: writing season two,
1: yeah, so, so we're gonna finish out season one strong and we're writing season two, so oh, good, yeah
2: very good. Well, first of all, thank you so much. It's been an honor being on your show.
1: Well, thank um, you for coming on for this good. quick bonus episode to introduce you and who you are and why we keep saying sorry, Gary, yeah, um, I really do
0: I really do mean it. I'm sorry, Gary
1: yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, I think you explaining uh, kind of the deeper meaning behind that, and and really what what the the reasoning be- the behind the cursing, and then yeah, yeah. And, and the I reason we, behind me have, and my work ethic.
0: <laughs> I want to have Gary back on uh, once these frogs start to develop the ability to swear, and they evolve oh, into yeah. the, their sort of George Carlin phase. I think. Uh, <laughs>
2: I'd like to see uh Lucas um maybe do a frog jokes and uh, you know, there you go. Like uh George Carlin would. I can I can challenge accepted. Okay, there you go. All
0: right. There you go. All right.
2: Well <laughs> I I would like to thank you guys so much um being on your show.
1: Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Um It's been great. We'll uh, talk about having you on in a further episode.
2: I will keep you abreast on further developments in regard to my research and and and, and life works. So. All
1: right. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much.
2: Thank you guys. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Well, you know, here's the thing we're living in the 21st century and, and yeah, I'm in the rain and, uh, but my my phone is uh, waterproof, of course, because it's 21st century, and I don't do impressions. I don't I don't do impressions of comedians. Uh, I I might I might steal the cadence and the style of a comedian at some point and something like that. But I'm out here and I'm walking my dog, and you know there's all this moisture falling from the sky, and, and some some fancy professor just used Latin names of frogs at me, and I, I, I don't do impressions. I'm a real comedian. God damn it, I didn't swear once. Fuck, 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 god damn it, motherfucker. Fuck,
2: fuck.
0: Sorry, Gary.